Hello and welcome to the Millennial to Millionaire podcast. As always, this is your host, Paris Grant, coming to you with not quite everything financial this time. Right now, we're in a very volatile time in America. We're undergoing a transition of power in the presidential office. There's a lot of turmoil within politics just in general, a lot of divisiveness. Unemployment is going higher. The stock market is full of volatility and coronavirus is still claiming lives and is leading to a lot of hospitals being at capacity. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. We know that eventually this transition of power will be fully complete. We know eventually these vaccinations will go out and we'll build this herd immunity. We know eventually these jobs will come back and we know that eventually the stock market will kind of stable out. But that doesn't mean that right now is not a very turbulent time for a lot of people, which is why with the first guest that I've introduced this year, I've been trying to focus more on the internal rather than just money. Whenever I talk about success, I mention three pillars. That's health, wealth, relationships. And just like I said in the last episode, because of all that's going on, a lot of us are focusing on health and wealth. And I think it's very important to think about relationships just as much, if not more. And to this effect, I've actually brought on another guest, and his name is Daniel Mangena. And we won't be talking strictly relationships. We're going to be talking about how to level up in every sense of the word. He is not like everyone else that you might talk to when it comes to the whole mindset space where they talk about, oh, we're going to use affirmations and manifest things because truth be told, I feel like there's a certain power in action. And a lot of times people will confuse this whole manifestation process for the action they need to be taking rather than the actual actions that will bring them there. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about micro shifting. We're going to be talking about what alignment really means. We're going to be talking about how to properly manifest things, if that's what you're into. And we're going to be talking about, in general, how to keep it one million. I'm very excited to share this show with you guys, and I really hope you get a lot of value out of it. Please make sure to subscribe to my show so that you don't miss any of the other cool interviews and content that I'm dropping. And also, please go scour the bio to go make sure you follow all of the links that he mentions inside the show. My name is Paris Grant, and here on the Millennial to Millionaire podcast, we don't keep it 100. We keep it 1 million. Thank you so much for listening. And welcome back to the Millennial to Millionaire podcast. This is your host, Paris Grant, coming to you with everything financial. And on this episode, I am joined by Daniel Mangena. And I'm not going to tell you anything else about him except for that his mission statement is to spearhead an evolutionary uplift in universal consciousness by awakening people to the importance of their unique role. This that is already encoded in them by way of a deep and often ignored or undervalued passion defined as their dream. He's delivered speeches. He's authored books. He has his own podcast series. He's been on major networks such as ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, and recently earned a spot in Wall Street Journal as a master of success. And now added to that amazing list is a guest on the Millennial to Millionaire podcast. Hello, <laughs> topping the list. <laughs> I, 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 had, I got interviewed by Jack Canfield two weeks ago, but that's dusted now. We're, we're here. <laughs> now you're here. What? Back to the <laughs> all the time. Thank you so much for coming on. How are you doing today? Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, I'm all fired up. You got really, it. Really got it. Up. So I will let you know that whenever I interview people, I usually try to do them like a lot of justice by delivering an amazing intro where I tell about their story and how amazing and inspiring they are. And for you, I wanted to do that. 
but I've thought that you telling my audience your story about who you are and what you do would be the best way to start off the show and would be the best introduction I could really think of. Thank you, sir. Uh, what do they say? History shall speak well of me because I will write it. <laughs> <laughs> my intro shall be badass but i shall speak it um unless i'm a crap speaker which i hope not given that my not, my yeah. vocation a long interview. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i'm really excited to be here one of the it was so great when we you know you kindly allowed us to to, to me to come on the show because my primary program my principal coaching program is called micro to millions huh yeah yeah, yeah. So that's a like title brothers. Yeah, title bros. Tie bros. <laughs> Good stuff. So, um, I, obviously, I've got an English accent. I don't, unless you think it's Australian, it's not. It's British. I'm from East London, born and raised. I now live in Cabo, Mexico, because the weather's just better. And um, uh, I spent a couple of years being what I call a happy hobo. I was traveling all over the world teaching my work um, and then settled here and fell in love with the place. And I've, I've been blessed with a lot of things that have gone wrong because those bumps in the road, those left turns, those shadows, those valleys gave me the opportunity to, to get to the point where I'm on the other side of a lot of that now and I can see how every single part of that contributed in some way to my journey. I was even thinking like a... I had a disastrous, my last relationship was really disastrous. And I had actually left the UK. And we'll talk more about my trying to leave the UK because that's another story. I'd left the UK, I'd moved to Dubai. She's like, no, come back to England. I want to be with you. I want to have a relationship. Got back. And at the end, she, at the end of the relationship, she's like, yeah, I never really wanted to be with a black guy. She's a woman of color, by the way. <laughs> she's like, I never really wanted to be with a black guy. The only reason why she kind of wanted to be with me is because all her friends liked me and nobody liked her ex-boyfriend. And so she had like brownie points with her mates. And I was really bitter about that for a while. But then when I look at the fact that the, lift, the, the turns in my journey that came as a result of me coming back to England mean that I wouldn't be here doing this podcast with you had I not done that. Because it was... Me coming back to England, I ended up going to a workshop in Europe with one of my teachers, Dr. Joe Dispenza. It was in that workshop that I got the validation for the work that I've been doing for myself and a small group of people, just friends and family. That validation led to me pulling my socks up, finishing my book, eventually closing down my old business and coming in to do this full time, subsequently releasing the book, and now having the opportunity to change thousands and thousands of lives all because of me coming back. Now, would it have been nicer if there'd been a more gentle, sweet and lovely journey? Yeah, but here's the thing. Isn't the juicy, sweet and loveliness where we are at the end of the day? The perspective with which we look back on our journeys, regardless of whether we're talking about abundance, which is what we're probably gonna be talking more about today, or health or love or relationship, it's getting to the place that we intended to get to. The journey, that's all sprinkles. Because when you zoom out, and look back at it, does it really matter? Do, are you thinking about the pain of the race when you're standing on the, the number one spot on the podium? You're not. And so again, I say I've been blessed with some pretty funky bumps in the road. I've made and lost two multi-million pound fortunes by the age of 24, uh, all sorts of crazy stuff. But all of that brought me to where I am now, 
which is that I get to do what I love every single day. Like nobody tells me what to do. I, I literally get to do what I want. I wake up every morning, I go on my rooftop, I have a cup of, have a cup of tea and look out at the ocean every day. I get to spend time every day with amazing people. I've got to write some best-selling books and meet some amazing people, have great teachers and just have an amazing, amazing life that I've consciously chosen. And it came through some funky paths, but they empowered me to get to where I am today. Got it. So when you're going around coaching and teaching, what is it that you're helping people with primarily? I really want people to have choice. Um, I mean, you, you, you shared my mission statement. My mission statement really comes down to if more people are doing what lights them up, we'll reach a critical mass in the world of more people being lit up. That will create a shift in the overall vibe of the world at large, like right now we have a collective agreement of fear. People are locked up in their homes. They're losing their jobs. People are not well, people are pop. There's a lot of stuff. Imagine if that many people that are in fear and darkness right now were lit up and doing what they loved. We're spending, we're waking up in the morning excited about what they were gonna do. Waking up in the morning, ready to go and add to the world rather than taking away from it. Wouldn't that be a different world? And my mission is empowering people to be in a position where they can choose that life without money being the reason why they don't. So a lot of my, my work with abundance and helping people to make money and stuff, it's not because of the money. It's because that money facilitates having the choice in the life that we leave. And if we have that choice and direct that choice into doing what we're called here to do, the world must be a better place at the end of the day. You got it. So, I mean, I know a lot of people um, who, I guess, practice mindfulness and spirituality and this kind of empowerment, they typically kind of shun the financial aspect of it. They, mm -hmm. I, a lot of people will say like, oh, money is not important. Ultimately, like, you know, um, how do you feel about that? And how do you put like, you know, like this kind of this sort of mindset into practice within like business or within your finances? Are we allowed to curse on your show? Go ahead. Yeah, sure. It's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's just put something into, into into context, right? I love when people are like, "Oh, you know." I ha in fact, I had I had a a woman that worked with me. Um, it wasn't money that she was working on; it was just general life creation. And then we got to the point where it's like, "Well, money's the missing piece. We need to get into that." And then, as a result of that, she stopped working with me. She said, "Dan, I, I just can't work with you anymore. This doesn't feel aligned with my spiritual journey." At the end of the day, the gurus didn't need money. Everywhere they want, God just provided for them. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, but those gurus you're talking about spent time in the mountains or in the monasteries or spent years harnessing a level of relationship to reality where they could manifest or a level of relationship to creative power where they could manifest. You could go to the mountain for 20 years or you could just apply these principles now and have financial freedom today. Like, which one do you want? You know, people that say, oh, you know, let's, let's, if you name any leading spiritual guru or leader in the world today, the reason why you know about them is because they sat down and wrote a book or they sat down and did a Facebook ad or they sat down and they did an online program or they went on a stage. They didn't sit at home om, meditating and telepathically transfer to you their ideas. They manifested something in physical reality that facilitated you connecting with their work. 
When it comes to physical reality, one of the easiest mediums of exchange that facilitates us having more choice and having more things is money. Now, some people do evil things with money. Some people do wonderful things with money. I say, let's take the emotional charge off money and just see it for what it is, a medium of exchange that facilitates more choice. And that's it. Got it. So, I mean, you mentioned something just now, um, kind of taking it off the topic of money, but just something I was curious about. Um, you mentioned she said that it wasn't aligned with what her moral uh, spiritual path or something like that. So, in I guess in your words, what is alignment? Like, what are we aligning for? What's What ultimately should we be aligned to? When I personally talk about alignment, and alignment is a big part of my work. So when I'm teaching people how to create their reality, whether it's health relationships or the principal area of, of, of financial abundance, I teach about clear intentions and aligning your physical reality with that clear intention. I personally speak about the fact that we're not just a physical body. So me just working hard isn't going to create alignment because I still have a mental experience. I have belief systems, I have stories, I have narratives, I have I may have trauma, I have, may have wins, all of these things are happening at a mental level. And then we also have an energetic experience, which is measurable. You can measure somebody's chakras. You can measure how far outside of their body their energy is going. You can actually measure this with scientific instruments. We've got our emotional state. We've got uh, our emotions can be measured as a frequency. That's when we're talking about vibe. That's what we're talking about. So all of these things that we have that make up who we are, when I'm talking about alignment in terms of creation, I'm saying, what am I choosing to create, consciously or unconsciously? Does my energetic self line up with that? Does my mental self line up with that? And does Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today and become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at p-o-d-g-o dot co. And be sure to add the Millennial to Millionaire podcast in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application two and we are back had to take a quick little break but we are still here with danielle mangana and he is talking all up to us about alignment and living a life of freedom so we just got back uh talking about what alignment was and what that meant to you mm-hmm. another concept i want to kind of talk to you about to have you kind of break down for me is this concept of micro shifting you said the main platform is micros to millionaires. I'm assuming it has to do with the same thing. Can you explain to us what micro shifting is? Yeah. So it's really cool. So I, when it came to like certainty beliefs and mind hacking, like a lot of people, I, you know, I cut my teeth on Tony Robbins work, you know, massive action, you know, quantum leaps, go and get it. And that was great. Except when it didn't happen. <laughs> right. And, um, but one of the things that I, I heard Tony say once was, and he was in London when I saw him, I heard him say this, he may have used a different city in a different situation, but said when a plane takes off from London and it's headed to Buenos Aires in Argentina down here, 
if it's just two degrees off, it will end up, and it maintains that two degree difference, it ends up in New York. Just oh. a two degree, we're talking about like that much difference throws it off by a continent from South America to North America, right? And I just, I germinated, like I sat with that idea. I was like, so a single small change held consistently provides a different outcome. So I started playing with that in my life and playing it with um, my clients' lives as I started to do more work with clients and so on. And that's where the idea of the micro shift came in. And a micro shift is a consistent series of baby steps made in the direction of a consciously chosen outcome. So we've got consistency, we've got baby steps, we've got consciously chosen and we've got outcome. When we bring that together, we have a micro shift. And what micro shifts allow us to do is to bypass resistance. A lot of the time while we don't get where we're going, everything kicks up, anxiety kicks in, stories about whether we can do something, emotionally it's too much, we don't have the skills base to make that big leap. So we either don't start or we don't make it. We don't make it, we beat ourselves up, we go down our spiral sideways. Versus looking at the micro shift, what is the minimum deliverable? Something I know that I can do without fail. Even if that thing is just that tomorrow morning, I'm gonna get up five minutes earlier. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to walk around my house once as the beginning of my exercise. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to go and set up an account with that dating app. Not even create the profile, just to set up the account. Or I'm going to answer back that person. Or I'm going to just, I'm just going to, whatever the thing is, that something that I know without fail that I can do. I do it, I celebrate, and then I ask myself, What's the next thing that I know that I can do without fail? When I start to compound, com compound those, what ends up is that I've now got a track record of success. Remember the mind doesn't, it's not analytical. It's just, it's just all right, we've got success. I guess we're successful now. So whatever program we're running on before, we have a new one introduced, evidence of success. I've stopped, paused, celebrated, and anchored in every one of those micro shifts. The mind doesn't see well, that was a small win. The mind just sees that was a win. We said we're gonna do something, and we did it. We honored our word to ourselves. That puts me on a completely different trajectory life-wise because now I'm a winner. I'm not a loser. I'm a winner. I can now take that energy and apply it to something else. So what we do with micro shifts is well, we focus on one area. So I'm going to focus on my financial abundance. I'm going to focus on just getting stable. I'm going to zero that down again. I'm going to, I'm going to make a list of my expenditure over the next week. I'm not even going to budget myself. I'm just going to make a note of it. The next week, I'm going to start checking off the stuff that I don't need. The week after that, I'm going to start saving a dollar a day. The week after that, I'm going to just research some things that I can do with my $10. The week after that, I'm going to invest $10 in some Bitcoin, or I'm going to go and buy some digital gold on PaxG and start buying. That's it. But here's the thing. When I start becoming a winner, when I start becoming successful in that I'm successfully executing that which I'm setting out to do on a consistent basis, my reality now has to reflect who I am. The law of vibration says our reality is going to reflect where we're at. Now, if I'm a winner, my vibration is going to be that of a winner. When we win, we feel good about ourselves and we're celebrating, we're uplifted. Now, emotionally, I'm able to process a different set of thought patterns. I'm able to see new choices and opportunities. I'm able to think different thoughts. Now my thinking is going to facilitate new choices. I'm going to walk past the ice cream place and I'm going to say, do you know what? I'm a winner. I'm not going to sabotage my health journey, going to get a gallon of ice cream. 
I'm a winner. I'm not going to date this douchebag. I'm a goddess. Like I'm, ugh, I value myself. I'm, I'm, a, I'm abundant. I'm not going to make that poverty choice. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And then life changes with those baby steps. And I encourage everybody that's listening to this, ask yourself in relationship to that one goal that you have, what is the trunked down thing? What's the, the first landmark? And then when you've got that landmark, ask yourself, what is the micro shift? Something that I can do as soon as this podcast finishes, even while this podcast is playing, what can I do right now that takes me one baby step closer? Not what changes the game, not what gets me turned up, not what flips the script. What's one baby step, something I know that I cannot fail at doing and then go and freaking do it. Got it. Got it. I actually, uh, I just interviewed this, uh, this girl actually, and she's, making under 25k a year and she has like her own personal finance blog and everything and she was telling me that for a long time that she felt like she couldn't do a lot of the things that she heard about in podcasts like mine she did uh, like it didn't apply to her and she actually i guess without consciously thinking of it as a micro shift she was like you know i started saving like one dollar a day and like that was something i could afford to go do and then it wasn't so much about like how much money she had at the end of the day. It was about like having built the, like built up that muscle of saving consistently. Mm -hmm. And like now, even if she doesn't make a lot, she knows that she can save. So now she's like, okay, like now I can listen and like, I can do this. I can start investing. And it's like, it's like you said, it doesn't have to be something so crazy and audacious. You don't have to go from zero to a hundred. You can go from mm -hmm. zero to one. And mm -hmm. I like the thing it. is if you, if you go from zero to a hundred one at a time, the probability if you get into a hundred increases. Got it. So numbers are on your side at that point. Huh. So something, I mean, I wanted to ask you about, because I mean, here we are talking about abundance and things going right and bettering ourselves. What are your thoughts on failure? Like there's going to be ultimate moments when even you're doing these micro shifts, you're going to hit like those bumps in the road, saving that $1 might actually, you might say to yourself, well, I kind of need gas. I don't know if I can save that $1. And then with Corona, like there's a lot of factors that we can't control that have really mm -hmm. kind of like, I guess, like upended a lot of us. How would you, I guess, navigate that or tell my, or help my, help my audience navigate that? I'm going to invite your audience to consider something. The unconscious mind, which essentially is the, it's the, it's the, the daddy when it comes to what we're experiencing. The unconscious mind never fails at anything. Think about that. The unconscious mind never fails at anything. What we actually experience is that the success that the unconscious mind achieves doesn't match up with what we consciously desire. I'm gonna say that again. The success in what the unconscious mind achieves doesn't line up with what we consciously desire. And we consider that to be failure. It's not a failure in execution, it's a failure in proper instruction. The mind does not lose. It never loses, the mind always wins. It's just that it's running on programs sometimes that we haven't given it. Dr. Bruce Lipton says, I think 70% of the unconscious programs, which we're running on 90% of the time were given to us between the ages of two and seven. And these are average figures, obviously. So 70% of the code that we're running on, if we consider ourselves to be a computer or a robot, 70% of the code that we're running on was fed to us. And most of us don't even enter into any kind of conscious relationship with what that code is. We just keep playing it out, playing it out, playing it out. So when I look at people that I, I used to coach uh, people around like midlife crisis and that kind of thing, inevitably what I'd find is people had spent 15, 20, 25, 30 years 
getting the 2.4 children, getting the white picket fence, getting the corporate ladder, and then wanting to throw it all away, going to have an affair on their husband or wife, wanting to go and start drinking, doing drugs, buying a motorbike, leaving their career and going off to do something else, freaking out. And it's my theory that that's because all of those years spent playing off of a, sing- a, a, a playbook that they don't even want catches up with them and then they have a meltdown. The mind does not lose. What we need to do is start entering into a more conscious relationship with what's going into the mind. So there's a conscious relationship with what's coming out. And from that place, the wins that we're, that we're receiving consistently on an, an unconscious basis match up with the conscious. Now, when we start talking about external factors, we have a say in how we perceive those external factors. I'm a certified instructor for a modality called reality transurfing. And in reality transurfing, there's an idea that everything has an advantage to it. Everything. And when we start looking at the quantum model for time, the past and the future don't exist. All that we have is, is the now. The past is gone, the future hasn't come yet. And actually the future that we're going to end up experiencing is very closely tied to our expectation about what's going to be in it. Hmm. Life is one big Schrodinger's cat. One big Schrodinger's cat. And so when people say I failed or this has come in and it's knocked me down or you know, this is disastrous and this is negative, actually our relationship through choice consciously in the now to that experience can transcend the crappiest experience into the biggest gift. Like I said with me, when I look back, some of the most crap things that happened to me led me to live in a kick-ass life. Did it have to go that way? No. But when those experiences do come, we have the opportunity to say, am I going to allow this to beat me down? Or am I going to find a benefit and advantage in this that's going to lift me up? So those people who are going through this very trying time with, with Corona, I've had a few people in my group coaching programs speaking about this too. I've got some clients over in Australia. Melbourne, Australia has been in quarantine lockdown for six freaking months. They can't leave the country. The limitations on how much time they can spend outside of the house. Um, kids are locked out of school. Businesses are shut down. Six months. Mental health, 30% up. Suicides, all of that. Now, it will be very difficult for us to be able to see what the advantage is in that. But it's our ability to seek out, find, and commit to that advantage as being the basis point for our emotions the basis point for our mental projections that's going to result in us being able to make choices and therefore take actions that mean that we will still win at the end of the day. So it's more so about perception than actual, it's more so about how how we're perceiving reality than anything. Uh, Something, I mean, I've been meaning to ask you about, how did you, I mean, from all you've gone through, how did you translate, I mean, your beliefs and the way that, you know, I guess you operate and this helping people and doing what you do, how did you translate that into an actual career? Like accidentally. Oh yeah. (laughs) 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 Got it. I had, I had my, my partners and I, my, my consulting business, I've, I've since opened my consulting business back up again this year. My partners and I were doing seven figures a year. I didn't need to come and be anybody's teacher or guru. I, Flew first class, a million pound house in, in, in London. I Very, very comfortable life. Offices in Mayfair, one of the swankiest places in London you can have an office. I was doing very, very nicely. I actually had very much a Jonah and the whale 
experience for the for those that were raised uh, on the good book like i had no intention of doing this at all and then my business partner stole the business then i went to go and move to dubai came back to be with this girl that then turns around and says oh by the way even though even though i'm asian evangelist from pakistan yeah i didn't really fancy being with the black guy i only really like white boys so huh. this isn't gonna work it's like all right kind of just gave up gave up my because i had i was gonna when the, the guy sold the business I was going to go and set back up shop again in Dubai. I had clients out there. I was going to build my book up again. So I ended up staying in England, sort of like piecing it together by myself and sort of cobbling through. And then ended up basically being called to the path that I'm on now. So I had people kept saying to me, they'd hear about my beyond intention model, which is the four step model that I created. They'd be like, Hey, you should be, don't you coach? Don't you teach? Like, you should write a book about that. Hey, like, do you want to be on my podcast? And blah, 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 blah. I was like, mm, no, I like, I like nice things. I, I like nice things. I have no intention of being like a poor teacher. I like nice things. And then everything got ripped away. And it was when everything got ripped away, I was like, oh, I get it. Basically, God, the universe, whatever you want to call that thing was saying, if you trust me, it's going to be okay but I need to take this away for a second for you to see that you can trust me. And in that moment, I said, you know what? I get it. I remember it's the 13th of February, 2018. I was in a meditation retreat up in Santa Fe, New Mexico in the States. And I had this really powerful meditation experience where I was shown a vision of what my life would look like if I just trusted and just did it. Just stopped trying to like do things my way and just went with it and did it. On that day, I committed to this path. I've never looked back. Uh, for the first eight or nine months, maybe, I was living on my savings. I was paying off my own back. I was doing free workshops and traveling to different parts of the world and teaching my work. And then a friend of mine who's now become one of my mentors, very successful businessman from California called Barry, pulled me aside one time and he said, uh, he said, Dan, I've got to talk to you. I said, yeah. He goes, uh, you do realize that by you not stepping back into abundance, you're limiting how much you can share your, your work with the world. I was like, oh, okay, clicks into place. The next month I made $10,000 in my business. Within four months, I'd made a few hundred thousand. I built up a six figure coaching business in four, four and a half months, 500 person email list, not with me going in people's DMs, just purely using the work that I teach people now about creating alignment, aligning with what do I want to do? I want to serve more people. The whole point of this is I want to touch more people's lives. And I focused on that. I focused on showing up every day, giving as much value as I can and not thinking about the money, thinking about the value. Because if I go to the beach, the sea will be there. I don't need to worry about whether the water is going to be there. If I go to the beach, the water is going to be there. So I went to the beach of service and the water was there. And now I've got a very, very successful business. I've opened back up my consulting. I've got interest in real estate and agriculture and mining and other sorts of things as well. But really what those things do is give me more space to be able to touch more lives with this work, which is what I'm really passionate about. Got it. Uh, I mean, since we're on the topic, you actually have a book called the money game. If I'm not yeah. mistaken, <laughs> yeah. what is it? What is the money game? And can me and my listeners play? Yeah. So the money game is uh, a tool for, creating money that I, uh, that I came up with. It came as a result 
of me just doing an experiment myself a couple of years ago with seeing what would happen. So basically, I believe that something scientific should be repeatable. All right. I don't believe that we're in a random universe. I believe that we're in a universe that runs on laws and in structure. And when we follow that, we manifest things. A lot of people that go and do like, oh, I'm going to go and do this money manifesting meditation or this hypnotic thing or watch this YouTube video every day for 30 days and you're going to have a million dollars. That's BS. Reason being that we're not just mental. So hypnosis alone isn't going to do it. We're not just energy. So me just doing a meditation isn't going to do it. Just like me working hard doesn't mean it's going to do it. But when I bring all of that together, things happen. So what the money game does is it takes you through a process of micro shifting into changing your relationship to the energy of money so that you can call it in on command. That's what it does. It's I've got the, the record that I've got right now is 75,000 Australian dollars manifested in two days before that it was $33,000 in a day and a half. I do a, I do a five day challenge around it every now and then if people join my Facebook group and we'll give you the link so people can join the Facebook group and see the, 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 the videos on my Facebook group for the five days do that. So the challenge basically adds some substance to the book. That's, you know, that's what it is, but the book takes you through what the money game is, how it works and how you can apply it. And what it is essentially doing is taking the principle of micro shifting, taking the principle of alignment, taking the principle of intention and taking the principle of being deliberate in repeating on command the idea that I can say, I intend to create this amount of money showing up in my life and it shows up. That sounds awesome. And definitely want to include the links to that. I think it's really, I mean, I can't think of the word. I want to say noble, inspirational, that you that you really take this approach and you're teaching people literally to manifest money because you understand the importance of it, the choices that it gives, the abundance that it brings. Um, but there are other things that I guess are more important in life that people should be focusing on. Do you think that people fall, like, I guess on the opposite end of people who say, uh, you know, money isn't important on the opposite end, people who think that money is the be all end all. Do you think that that's like better, worse, or I guess what advice would you give if you're coming from that standpoint? Balance. Like when we give excess importance to anything, we throw off its ability to, to manifest in, in a graceful way in our lives. Either I give too much importance to money in a negative or I give too much importance to money in a positive. The universe always balances things out. Going back to reality transurfing, Vadim Zeeland, who's the guy who created that modality, talks about balancing forces. You hear people talking about karma, what goes around comes around. Everything levels out because the universe is in perfect balance. So when I give too much energy and excess to either one, it has to balance out. We don't really end up moving ahead. We just end up staying in the same place, wobbling, you know? So generally speaking, I invite people, regardless of which, where they stand on the matter, to ask, where is it really coming from? Develop a conscious relationship with this opinion that you have and ask yourself, is it really true for you? Where did it come from? Interrogate, it. is it what you want? And then commit to it. And if you want to commit to it and you want to stay on the excess, then, you know, go do you and be ready to deal with the, with the consequences. But if you just come back to the middle and realize that nothing really in and of itself is positive or negative, it's when we start comparing it or we start putting our lens on it or we start misusing it. Money can be a bad thing if someone's using it to destroy lives. 
money can be a great thing if someone's using it to support people who can't help themselves. But ultimately, the money itself isn't the thing that's got the charge. It's humanity putting its lenses, putting its, its box, putting its names, putting its labels on it. That's what creates the, the substance as to what it, whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether it's right, whether it's wrong, whether it's important or unimportant. Money's just like, bro, I'm here. You guys decide what you're going to do, but I'm just going to just chill here until somebody, <laughs> until somebody claims me. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, for all my listeners who are, I mean, I already know that they're going to be interested and you kind of mentioned it. Can you tell us the different links where we can find you, find out more about the work you do, about these challenges? Uh, for anybody in the audience who wants to connect with you, can you let them know where they can do so? Always dreamwithdan.com. Dreamwithdan.com, my website is where everything is. Links to the podcast, links to my books, links to my Facebook group. Um, I would say that's definitely the, the place to go. If people want to start understanding the core ideas behind this new relationship to money, as I speak about in the book um, and in my programs, I've got a free video. It's dreamwithdan.com forward slash HMM. That's H for Harry, M for mother, M for mother. Um, and there's a, a little video I created on how to be a harmonious money magnet. And it just gives you three short ideas that you can start to introduce into your world to start shifting your relationship and, and your, your ideas about what money is and how it can shop for you. Love it, love it. And of course, those links will be inside the bio. So please make sure to go check that out. I only got, I have one more question for you. But before I ask, is there anything that I haven't asked or we haven't covered that you'd want to maybe talk to my audience about? Just this idea that just be deliberate in what you're doing and, and just to choose on your own terms. You know, we're talking about millennials, right? Um, our younger generation, we're looking at completely new way that the world is working and with what's going on now in the world you know we're moving more and more to a digital economy we're looking at the the amount of debt right now is 10 times what it was when we had the global meltdown in 2008 so we're literally teetering on the brink of another financial collapse money the world everything's changing up right now Develop a level of agency within yourself, a conscious relationship to what you want and to how you step into what you want. So that regardless of what things look at, look like, regardless of how things turn out, you are resourced and able to thrive and win. I love it. And it makes me feel almost selfish for asking this last question because I feel like throughout this whole entire episode, you've added so much value and you've talked to us a lot about like, just I guess like alignment, being conscious, and like you said, being deliberate, and you've continued to do so like with every question. It really feels like I'm getting a lot of value out of this episode. But the question I always ask my listeners at the end of the show, you know, you've been through a lot, when you're thinking about your life experiences, when you're thinking about like what you do, if you were to like, I guess go back to zero, and we're just talking about you as a person, Daniel Mangena, what would you say if you had to distill it down to three life principles that you live by that keep you going that like push you to do what it is that you do and to keep on doing it and to do it on this bigger and bigger level it could be quotes it could be something you read something you saw and like i said it's kind of selfish because you've already been giving us so many of these <laughs> you have to still like the three main ones that drive you because i think what you do is amazing and i okay. think that as an extension like everyone who does better as a result of like the help that you've done is going to go on to make somebody else's life better. And like you said before, like imagine if we're all lit up, I think that the best way to, you're like the spark that's doing that. And I think that's amazing. And I think that, yeah, like I'm happy to have you on for 
I'm happy to have you on for more reasons than one. But if I if you had to distill it down to three principles that are specific to you, mm-hmm. there they are. First and foremost is people don't really care as much as you think they do. Um, quick story behind that, you know, like I said, I've been through some bumps. And I remember once I was really facing down this whole idea of shame and it was holding me back from making a choice. And my friend just looked at me and said, Dan, like, nobody really cares about you that much. They're probably doing their own life. This whole story that you're wrapped up in, it's just your ego. Drop it, man. And in that moment, I realized people are probably more, there's not that many people that probably care for you, enough for you to hold back shining your light, to hold back doing what you're here to do, to hold back playing full out. So just get over yourself and don't allow that to be the story that helps, that has you shining your light. That's number, number one. Number two, the idea that reality wraps around how you feel. That's one of my, um, one of my phrases. And what that basically means that every time you get the opportunity to, stop and ask yourself, how do I feel right now? Our emotional state creates a container that limits our ability to think and choose, that limits our ability to act and be and receive. So constantly check in with yourself. How do I feel right now? And do my feelings right now represent seeds that lead to the fruit of what I want to reap going forward? So people don't care as much as they think they do. Be aware of your, your feelings because those are going to lead to what you actually are going to create. Number three, micro shifts, one day at a time one choice at a time you will get there get there one step at a time do those three things and you're probably going to be a lot closer to winning i love it thank you so much for coming on i mean like i thank said thank you for having me of course of course this is amazing i want to have you on again already <laughs> but this i'll be happy awesome. to come back oh i mean honestly if the audience likes you enough they're gonna beg me they've done it before <laughs> <laughs> But uh, thank you again so much for coming on. And I really, like I said in the beginning of the show, there's a lot of people who do similar work to you and they're not focusing on the money in some sort of like, you know, because of their ideals. And I think the fact that you recognize it and you understand it as limiting. And like you said, it's BS. I think that's great. Continue doing the work that you do. And thank you so much for coming on. This is Daniel Mangana. This is the Millennial to Millionaire podcast. And here we do not keep it 100. We keep it 1 million. Beautiful. Thank you so much.